Last week, the final assembly of the so-called Synodal Way in Germany concluded with votes that call for women's ordination and motions to change the church's practices based on gender ideology. However, apparently this German Synodal Way has no authority as it has been confirmed by the Vatican that it is canonically invalid. That's what's important to note here. The Synod is not a process to allow a free-for-all for changing doctrine. We have to understand that the Church does not either create or change doctrine. The Church defines doctrine and merely is the keeper of this doctrine. The Church has no authority to change doctrine. This is what those who are skeptical of the Synodal process are afraid of. Hear me out. The Synodal process will not, because it cannot, change doctrine. And so, no matter how many people who participated in the synodal process ask for women's ordination or for the blessing of same-sex unions, it's not going to happen. And those concerned with what's happening to the Catholic Church in Germany, you can be concerned that there could be a schism, but don't worry about this opening the door to doctrinal changes in the universal church. If you're confused about synodality, just remember this. Synods are not about outcomes. They are about process. So, Pope Francis is interested in how decisions are made, not what the final decisions are. And that only applies to where decisions can actually be made. So, no need to worry. But, let's keep the Church of Germany in our prayers. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, it's good to see you. It's great to see you too, Deacon Pedro. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. Are you? Uh, I, I don't know if I should ask you whether you've you 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 need sleep because of daylight savings change time last weekend, or because you stayed up all night watching the Academy Awards. I, guess <laughs> I always need. Yeah. I always need sleep. Um, I did not watch the Academy Awards this time, but I did check my phone as soon as I got up Monday morning to see what won okay. because I was really curious. <laughs> okay, so you didn't stay. Do you? Is it? Has it been a couple of years when you since you haven't been watching I, the Academy Awards? Yeah, I used to watch them all the time, and now I've been watching them less and less. I'm not really sure if just sleep has become more precious to me. Yes, yes. that's my <laughs> reason. I just find that they just, it just ends up being a lot longer than it needs to be. And uh, yeah. I can get the highlights the next day very quickly. Yes. I'm really interested in the people behind the scenes. I mean, like the, like the human elements of mm -hmm. the Hollywood industry, that the people, and I used to feel like I got more of a sense of that from the awards. Now I'm not so sure I do maybe, um, because I want to pray for them. I want to. I want to right. pray for these wonderful influencers of culture that we have uh, here in our own country. Yeah, so, that's yeah. good. That's a yeah. uh, that's a good uh, uh, something to keep in mind. Yeah, I, I I try to think of that when I'm watching the news, mm. and you get all these news, especially when it's not usually good news. Um, right. And then you, you can pray for those people. Um, in fact, uh, prayer is a theme in today's show, sister, because we're going to be joined by. Uh, uh, our brother, Knight of Columbus, Damien O'Connor, in about five minutes, he has a segment called Into the Breach. That's he. Is, I mean, it's sort of for men because it's Into the Breach, Knights of Columbus, but it's really for anyone 
who wants to be inspired. Um, and uh, today he wants to talk about prayer and how prayer oh. is so important for men. Because um, sometimes I think, I think sometimes men feel like, you know, showing weakness, asking for prayer. It's not a it's not a manly thing. So that's that's coming up in about five minutes after our first song. And then, sister, you're on with Windows to the Soul. And I'm assuming that you want to speak about some Academy Award related thing. Absolutely. I want to talk about the winner and the one I wanted to win. So there's a oh, clue for you. What's okay. coming up? <laughs> okay. So the clue is that the one who won is not the one that Sister Marie Paul thought should win. Okay. So that's coming up in about 15 minutes, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. If you want to find out, maybe people a week later don't even know who won. You can find out here. Um, and then, sister, in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking. Have you heard of the National Men's Conference? I mean, there's so many men's conferences. Yes. Oh, you have yes. heard of that one. I, yes, I am. Uh, because we often follow those conferences, well, first of all, with prayer, but also yes. sometimes our sisters try to attend or participate in, right. in some way to help the participants through our ministry. So, yes, I've heard of it. I've been praying for the speakers. I've been seeing the new speakers being added every couple of weeks it's been exciting to yeah see good it develop. so so this is i think the largest national or the not of, i mean there are lots of national conferences in the united states the largest men's conference um and it's called the national men's conference the director of the conference is joe condit and he's going to be joining us uh in our second half hour to talk about this this conference really has become the flagship men's conference where men from all over the country come together to listen to amazing motivational speakers, but also, as you said, sister, to to connect with other resources like the Daughters of St. Paul, um, to meet each other, to share best practices, to network. Um, and in fact, the featured speaker of this year is Jonathan Rumi, uh, who plays Jesus in the TV series, The Chosen. So he's the, the keynote speaker for the conference. Um, the conference is March 25th. And so today we're going to learn all about it with the director of the conference, Joe Condit. That's in our second half hour in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the show, we're going to be reconnecting, as we always do, sister, with a singer, singer-songwriter. Yes. And uh, you might you might not remember her. Her name is Francesca La Rosa. Francesca is a very talented young uh, singer songwriter that we met actually during the pandemic. Um, so she was just starting. Um, and, uh, she's been on the show, uh, maybe a, a year and a half or so two years ago, but she's been working and you might appreciate this sister because I don't think it's something that we think about often, but she feels very called to do funeral ministry. Mm, um, it's an important ministry. It is an important ministry. And so she's been writing psalms that uh, can be used in the funeral liturgy. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think that that's, first of all, beautiful and, uh, and important. And so uh, she's doing other things. Of course, she's making music videos and other things that we want to talk to her about as well. But particularly, I do want to speak to her about the funeral ministry, um, to have a, a young singer who feels called to that particular type of liturgical music, I think is very unique. Unique um, and important. That's beautiful. Oh, I, I am not familiar with her, her music, so I will have to check it out. This is you, exciting. You will like it. Yes. Francesca La Rosa. We're going to be talking to her at the end of the program in about 40 minutes. And as always, if uh, you're not around to listen to the whole show because you're driving, you've arrived at your destination, um, you don't have to miss the program. You can 
go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast, and that's where you can listen to the whole show. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So, sister, let's start with a song. Here's Francesca La Rosa with May Today There Be Peace Within. That was Francesca La Rosa with May Today There Be Peace Within. And we're going to be speaking with Francesca La Rosa at the end of the program. So I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for... Into the Breach with Damien O'Connor. Damien, welcome back. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Great to be back. I'm still trying to do a deep manly voice when I say into the breach and it just doesn't work. I don't think it's working. Yeah. Men don't need to pretend to be manly, right? <laughs> well, we try to. We try to. What What's up with that? Uh, I don't know. It could be cultural. It could be how we were brought up, but we think we need to be masculine and have deep voices like Deacon Pedro. Deep voices and uh, not be not show any weakness. That's correct. That's correct. So today, what are we... Uh, well, I, I think it's appropriate to talk about uh, recently we had the 10th anniversary of 
Pope Francis being yes. uh, elected our Holy Father. Uh, it's been 10 years. Incredible. And you think about, you know, all the things he could have asked for, or what was most important to him. And he, he brings up prayer every time he, he says, please, please yeah, pray for me. He does. He does. Yeah. Pre and yeah, not just please pray, but please pray for me. Um, but honestly, I always found a little strange. Not seriously. Is that right? Why is that? I don't know. Maybe because I'm manly, uh, because, because it just doesn't, I'm really uncomfortable asking people to pray for me, but not because I don't want to show weakness, but because I don't, because it doesn't seem to me to be humble. Mm. It's like, go. Oh, there are other people that need more prayers than me. That's I guess I thing. learned, I guess I learned a long time ago that I'm, I'm powerless without God. I was yeah. I, many years ago. I was coincidentally, it was 10 years ago. It's funny. We're using the 10 year to, uh, I was very, very sick. And I, through that, through that illness that I had, I started to pray and I realized that um, even to this day, I desperately need God in my life. And I actually think that is masculine, you know, that to realize that I become strong when I allow God to lead me, but I must uh, turn to him uh, in prayer. Hmm. So Pope Francis asking for us to pray for him is actually a, a manly quality. I think so. He He's modeling masculinity in a sense. And I, I in my own personal life, I have learned that. Uh, and I've now, I, I agree with what you said before. It, mm -hmm. It's kind of weird to be asking someone to pray for me. But now, uh, I guess through life experiences, I've learned that, no, I need to do that. I've also learned that people are happy to have you ask them. You know, I, of course, I'm. thank you for asking me. I Of course, I'll pray for you because because I love you, or even if I just like you, I, I didn't realize you were going through whatever, and I am going right. to pray for you. Right, right. I have, a, I have several friends who, who will flip it around, actually, because quite often when we, we meet or we talk, they'll end by saying, is there anything I can pray for for you? Which also throws me completely. It's like, wow. And then I have to come up with, I feel like I have to come up with something good. It's like something really juicy that they can pray, that they can pray for. And that's also, I guess, part of, part of that pride maybe coming yeah. up to, to think like, if, if I'm going to ask you to pray for me, it has to be something significant. Sure. So in the, in the Knights of Columbus now, and I think we talked about this last time we were together, we are slowly... Uh, integrating into our council structure, what's called the core meeting, C-O-R, Latin for heart. And it's a time where separate from the business that we do, and we have prayer, uh, formation, and fraternity. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty simple structure, but the prayer, we're trying to teach our men that you, just like anything else that you do during the day, must be intentional. You must intentionally make that part of your day. Mm -hmm. uh, and by doing so, you become a better man, a better husband, a better father, you know, better knight. And so we're trying to integrate that into our structure um, because prayer is everything and we forget about it. It's like, oh, we'll pray. That's nice. No, 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 no. It's, it's everything. So Pope Francis is again saying, pray for me, please do that. Because without that, if we're, if we're not focusing on prayer, we're really, we're really missing the boat. So can you tell us a little bit more about, about how that works in those core meetings? Um, so you're not talking about just opening the meeting with prayer and closing the meeting with prayer. You're, you're talking about showing the men, like making prayer the center. How does that work? How does that look like in a meeting? It's a, that's a great question. So you, of course, you can start a meeting and end it with a simple prayer. But when we say prayer, we mean, for example, let's say we pray the rosary. 
We pray Lexio Divina. It's but we assume nothing. We teach them how to pray the rosary. We teach mm -hmm. them uh, maybe it's a holy hour. What do you what do you do during a holy hour? Like so, it's also there's an important teaching element to it. But it's substantial right. prayer time together, uh, and not just a quick prayer. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So you're talking about yeah, mm -hmm. I like the, I like the word intentional. So to to sit and do evening prayer or to pray the rosary or divine mercy chaplet, that's the kind of prayer you're talking about. But that's not the only prayer that you're inviting men to consider in their lives. That's correct. You know, it's funny you just said that. So like in the evening, I might want to make some popcorn and watch TV. That's easy. It can just come naturally because I like snacking and this and that. But if I want to pray at the end of the day, I have to be intentional about that. doesn't mean I can't have my popcorn and watch TV. Yeah. But at some point I have to turn that all off and say, nope, I got to be intentional about my prayer time. Actually, and I, and I, not to make light of it, and you're going to think I am <laughs> just because we're always laughing at stuff. Um, it's okay to, to pray while you're eating popcorn or to eat popcorn while you pray. Right? I mean, there's nothing, you know, like I like to make a cup of tea in the morning when I do my morning prayer and I feel like I'm sure. having tea with Jesus. Um, or coffee or whatever it would be for people. And, and, and I think that some people might also think that that's weird. It's like, well, I have to pray and that can, that needs to be separate from the rest of my life. But I'm thinking at least for me, that prayer needs to be integrated in anything and everything else that I'm doing. So while I'm driving or showering or, or having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or eating popcorn, that that's that I, the prayer can be part of that. I, I I know you, it sounds like you're joking, but you're not. I, no, couldn't, not. Agree with, I couldn't agree with you more. Because we, God wants to have a relationship with us. And it's not just when I turn off the TV and intentionally pray, which I do believe in being intentional about our prayer lives. Yes. But it's also throughout the day. Couldn't agree with you more. If I go, I go for a walk every morning, I talk to him almost the whole time. Yes. You know, he's probably getting bored of me, but he, I'm kidding, <laughs> but he, he wants that relationship with us. And so, yeah, it's a really good point you bring up at any time of the day, you could be talking to, to our Lord. So just one last comment then, how, why or how is it for that man that's listening right now or that woman that's thinking, how is the prayer going to make my husband better? Why? How, how does prayer make us better men? Because I stop being what I think I should be and I allow God to guide me. And God mm. knows much better than I, I do. So that's, then, that's why it, it, it really enriches my life to have, be a person of prayer. Okay, so then one one tip that for the guy that's thinking, mm, I don't know, I don't know, I, I'm having, I'm struggling with making this a part of my day, day to day. What what would be your advice? Pick any prayer that you want, but make it uh, five minutes a day. Just start doing it, and after a week, come back and tell us how you feel. And I bet you feel you better as a person. I I really do. But you got to yeah. start somewhere. That's good advice. And five minutes, you think you five minutes is like, oh, I can't do five minutes. You, you commit to five minutes and you'll be doing 10 before you know it. That's exactly um, right. Damien, thank you so much. Good, good, uh, good way to remember the last 10 years of the pontificate by focusing on that one little thing that was the first thing, almost the first thing that came out of his mouth. Please pray for me. And he invited people to pray for him right there and then. Um, thank you for that advice and for uh, helping men be better men. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Damien O'Connor is the Vice President Evangelization and Faith Formation for the Knights of Columbus. You can learn more at kfc.org. 
Coming up is Sister Marie Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul, so stay tuned. I'm Pat Riley, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Salt and Light TV is now available on Roku and Amazon Fire. Just go to slmedia.org plus to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back. Oh, it's great to be here today and to be talking about great, Academy, well, yes. Academy Award nominees and winners. Um, I, I would say this this for this for me this year feels more like a good year for good movies as opposed to a good year for great movies. Okay. But I haven't seen all the Academy Award nominees or winners, so I should probably hold that in reserve. I have uh, to say, I have to say that every year or at least the last couple of years, when they announce the nominees. And I think, oh, not only have I not seen these movies, but I haven't even heard of these movies. But this year I had heard of most of them, if not all of them. Oh. Um, and there were quite a few that I wanted to watch. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, so, okay. So maybe we'll, we, maybe we can talk you into seeing at least a couple more so. beyond the one that you want to see. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, The Whale was one that I wanted to see when it came out. Yes. Um, I yes, heard great. I mean, yes. and I believe Brendan Fraser won Best Actor. He did. Um, and then, yes. and then Pinocchio, I think, was the other one that I wanted to watch. You want to see? Yeah. I, uh, Pinocchio is also one that I missed. The one that I wanted to see that I didn't see before the awards was Women Talking. I'm very oh, interested yes. in seeing that film. Um, and I wouldn't. I'm actually looking towards also seeing All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, oh, one Best one. International yeah. Picture. Uh, okay. It's a German film. So okay. I'm really interested in seeing that. Yeah. The one that I hoped to win was the fablemans i was i didn't think it was going to win but i was hoping it would win that's the steven spielberg uh it's really almost a memoir or a biopic it's fictionalized but it's kind of the story of his early life uh with his family and it's so it was very beautiful filmmaking However, the film that won, I also did see because I was actually really interested in seeing it. I love Mm -hmm. science fiction and fantasy. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And in a way, it kind of swept the awards. It got Mm -hmm. Best Supporting Actress. It got got nominated for everything. Yeah. It got Best Picture. Uh, I actually forget who got Best Director. I better go look that up. But uh, it got a lot of awards. And I, you know, I'll put it this way. This is not the film I wanted to to win. And one of the sisters uh, caught me at breakfast and she said, you know, there is a verse, this, this film is about the multiverse, right? So it's about multiple alternate realities. And she says, there is a version of that film that I would have cheered for winning. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, because it, it, it was really close to being a great film um, in many ways. But, uh, you know, I've gotten when there's gratuitous violence and gratuitous, you know, crassness, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I find that so disrespectful of the person and they really didn't contribute to the film at all. And so I, I have reservations about even encouraging people to see this film as one, as helpful as it is in many ways. So it is a powerful story. Uh, I think it's interesting that, you the way you're brought into this multi multi multiverse it's not just like three or four alternate realities it's dozens and dozens of Mm -hmm. them 
Uh, so you look at the title, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, but what the story actually boils down to when you get when you get to the deeper parts of the story, it's really about the main character's longing to connect or reconnect with family mm -hmm. members whose relationships have she, you know, have ruptures. And I actually found that this longing to connect is a theme that ran through almost all of the Oscar-nominated films mm -hmm. I saw. Uh, and I'd like to kind of unpack that a little bit with especially thinking of The Fablemans. Mm -hmm. Now, The Fablemans is also not necessarily a children's film, uh, but it does deal with mature themes in a very mature way, in, in subtle ways. So you see the problems and brokenness, and yet it's not so, it, it's done in a way that you can take it in and you can look at it and think about it and and really ponder it. And and I don't know, it was, it was a very powerful film. Of course, Spielberg is one of my favorite filmmakers the film itself is slower than most films are nowadays i think he's gotten better with the like going into the close-ups and so mm -hmm. it's very character driven uh whereas a lot of the other films are a lot of action mm -hmm. but i would say if you have the patience and maybe this is a clue for families who may want to watch it you know if you've got teenagers you want to watch a film together you might want to pick this film a teenager is in a very difficult situation and has to make some decisions. So it's it's very compelling viewing in that way. Um, but it's it takes you into the struggle of the family members and also has this wonderful si story about art and how art affects us, how art can become an escape, mm -hmm. how art can also help us to see differently. And so this, but this desire for reconnecting, especially in in relationships that are broken is is very powerful and it makes you i mean actually both films everything everywhere all at once and the fablemans also made me reflect on my own life like where are my obstacles to connection is it when i try to control things that are uncontrollable like other people or when i have unrealistic expectations that i place on others or on situations and what does this have to do with you know, when I'm not connecting well with others, as that often means I'm a bit disconnected from myself yeah. and I'm a bit disconnected from the Lord. So I could even look at all these films in the light of this past week's gospel, Sunday gospel with the Samaritan woman. She comes looking for water and what happens? Her longing for connection is so strong. Mm -hmm. Whether Jesus planted that in her as he met her, you know, the Holy Spirit was mm -hmm. at work in that encounter or that Jesus appeal to her was so compelling that she reached out for that connection and her whole life was changed. Mm -hmm. And her relationships with all the people in that village whom she'd been avoiding were changed. Now she goes back to them and says, come and see this man who's told me everything I've ever done. Um, I, I just found these this, this theme of connection that runs through the films is also something, it's so easy to be disconnected in today's society. And sometimes the loud, uh, action-packed films um, mm. don't allow us the space to do that deeper connecting with the characters on the screen, with ourselves, and then ultimately with others and with God. Mm -hmm. So that's a bit, I, I, I'm afraid that's not very well organized, but it, no, it's very it is. striking if you watch some of the films. Um, it is. I think I could probably say the same about Pinocchio. 
Mm. No, not having seen the film, but knowing the story and maybe even the whale from the little I know about the man's struggle in the film. It's Um, definitely true of the Wakanda film. Very, very true. Um, Yes, it's it's a a powerful theme that runs through all these films. So if if you're if you want to watch something as a family and you're willing to do kind of the artsy route, the Fablemans is a good choice. If you really love sci fi and fantasy, maybe everything everywhere all at once would be yeah. a good choice it's a, it does make you think um it is a bit formulaic underneath all of the mm-hmm. all of the action um but i am thrilled that an asian film has come to such a high profile and that asian actors are being recognized yeah. and filmmakers are being recognized they totally absolutely deserved. that's true okay but in short had Sister Marie Paul been giving the awards, it would have been the Fablemans and not the one that won. So that's the pick for this weekend. That, just say it, Sister. People should watch the Fablemans, and then um, we can talk about <laughs> we can talk about Pinocchio another time. Because um, I'm going to go watch it. Okay, so so we got some films to watch here, Sister Marie Paul. Thank you so much. Um, always great to hear uh, your insights and to see you. It's always great to be here and um, yeah watch something good for lent that that's a good good practice for lent find something that will inspire you or help you to think a little Mm -hmm. more deeply about your relationship with god and others all right maybe that film is the fablemans sister marie paul curley is with the congregation of the daughters of saint paul you can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com and you can also follow her at sister m paul Coming up in our second half hour, the National Men's Conference, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Francesca La Rosa. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, I'm not the first one to say, and so I'm sure that this is not the first time you hear this, that the world needs better men. We need strong men, holy and prayerful men. We need good and holy husbands and fathers. We need men to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And so there are lots of resources and events to help us men achieve that. But the Super Bowl of these is the National Men's Conference, which is actually taking place in Cincinnati, Ohio, this coming Saturday, March 25th. And to tell us more, I am now joined by the conference director, Joe Condit. Joe, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Deacon Pedro, thank you so much for having me with you. So what is the National Men's Conference? The National Men's Conference is designed to bring men closer to Jesus Christ. And by doing so, making them better leaders of their family, better stewards of their faith, and better members of society. You know, because once you start focusing on Christ, everything else falls into place. So that's the number one goal and mission for our conference to bring good men together to join in fellowship about our Lord. Yeah. And I think you kind of answered my next question because I was going to ask you why. But I guess um, why is doing it in the in the in the context of a conference a good way to, to achieve that mission? Well, good men need to come together. Right. I mean, that's just when good men come together, especially in the name of Christ, God takes it from there in ways that we can never imagine. So coming together in person 
is the best thing good men can do in order to inspire each other, find out that other men are struggling with the same stuff they are and mm. or have the same challenges, providing men resources. I am just, it's my passion personally to bring good men together to for one common good. And the world has gone so far from the the way that Christ designed for us to live in the secular space, you know, with everything we see in the daily, our daily lives, that it's important to remind men, look, stop, quit with taking in all the distraction, come to a one spot in person, meet other men just like you, like-minded, same exact challenges, et cetera, and let Christ center your life in a way that, you know, will change you forever. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of the conference? Because obviously it's not the first year that you do it, and I'm sure that the pandemic years were not easy. Um, when did this all start? How did the idea come about? You know, it's in Cincinnati because this actually started by five men when I was in grade school in 1994. Wow. And it was actually the first Catholic men's conference ever put on in the United States, which is an amazing piece of history. Yeah. So it died in 2011. Uh, I founded the Catholic Speakers Organization, CatholicSpeakers.com. Mm -hmm. So as that started seeing more success and now is the largest Catholic-focused talent agency in the world, I marched into my archbishop's office in Cincinnati and asked him if I could bring back the godfather of them all. You know, every Catholic conference we know today, Deacon, is because of the Cincinnati Men's Conference, which happened in 94. So uh, bringing it back, we revived it in 2018. And since then, you know, we actually made history in 2018. Boss Rutan, the famous UFC fighter, came and told for the first time ever his conversion story to become a Catholic. And it was unbelievable. Wow. Um, so it's, and if you look at our lineup on our website, on yep. nationalmensconference.com, you can see we brought in some of the biggest influencers. I mean, we're trying to lead the charge. I mean, everywhere from Boss to Father Mike Schmidt to, you know, now Jonathan Rumi this year. I mean, it's yeah. just been unbelievable by the grace of God that we're able to put together these, these uh, for lack of a better analogy, these Ocean Eleven type casts yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. where they're just mega star after mega, you know, influencer or mega Catholic that's influencing the world to be better. So it's uh, it's been a real blessing, but that's kind of the genesis of yeah. where this I did conference. not. I did not know that. Thank you. I'm glad I asked you. So 1994, that's awesome. Um, so it is, I mean, it's a Catholic conference. It's organized by Catholics. All the speakers are Catholics, but it's not just for Catholics, correct? No, it's every man. I don't care if they don't have any faith or where they are in their walk of faith. It's put on by Catholics, but on the you know on our website, we clearly ask, come join your Catholic brothers, no matter what faith you are, and come hear some motivation. I mean, we're even asking women to have watch parties at their house oh, virtually, nice. because even though it's a men's conference, Anybody can take away from the motivation that's going to come out of it. We have movie stars, we have pro athletes, we have clergy, we have, so there's something for everyone. And that's what we want. We want more and more non-Catholics to come join their Catholic brothers and get a different experience. You know, it's, that's you, you learn by learning from others and learn from new experiences. And, mm -hmm. but yes, this is tr traditionally the, the, oldest Catholic men's conference going in the United States. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Jonathan Rumi. He plays Jesus in The Chosen, if anybody doesn't know who he is. Um, he's your keynote or your featured speaker. Tell us a little bit more about who, what else can people expect on that day and whether people can join virtually. Yep. Jo Jonathan's going to talk about surrender. He's going to talk about his path to where God has brought him, fitting the theme of the conference, which is, you know, finding your role in the body of Christ. Um you know, we didn't know who Jonathan Rumi was 10 years ago, and it's nope. amazing. He's one seventh or one eighth of the world has downloaded The Chosen at this point. Which yes, is insane. yes, it is insane. 
And also uh, by the grace of the Holy Ghost, I mean, he's not doing many speaking events this year. So this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. He literally is hopping on a plane, literally hopping on a plane the next day after the men's conference in Cincinnati on the 25th and going to start shoot season four. That's awesome. So he's going to speak. What else? Like when people go to the conference, what else can they expect? They're going to see the Archduke of Austria, His Royal Highness Archduke Christian Habsburg Lorraine speak for the first time ever in the United States at young age, 68 years old. They're also going to get to experience Father Robert Spitzer, Bishop Earl Fernandez of Columbus, the Archbishop of Cincinnati, Archbishop Dennis Schnur. We also have um, the pro athlete Ted Karras, who's the center for the Bengals, you know, protects Joey Burrow in the, in the hometown of Cincinnati, who's an incredible Catholic and comes from a line okay. of Catholic NFL uh, players. I mean, it's going to be something for everybody. You know, we're okay. trying to engineer this to where the young folks that are coming are going to be so entertained the day by good. It's a one day event and it goes by so fast. They just wanted to keep going. You okay. Know? And obviously you want people to be there. It's, it's important for men to gather, to be in person, but can anybody join virtually? Anybody can join virtually. Like I was saying, we were encouraging women yeah, to, uh, you said to that, yeah. watch parties so they can quiz their men when they get home. Just right. kidding, but not really. Uh, but no, we want men to come. It's a 10,000-seat arena on Xavier University's campus where the Xavier Musketeers play basketball. It's a you know, A-class facility, and we're hoping to fill all 10,000 seats. Right now, we're tracking about five, 7,000 guys that are going to actually be there in person. We're hoping to increase that over the next couple weeks to double it. So. Thanks to guys like you helping us get the word out, Deacon. It's uh, I think we're going to reach it. Okay, so the National Men's Conference, it's at the Synthes Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, admission? Admission is uh, virtual is $10 all the way up to floor front seats, about $60. So okay, it, so... In-person includes breakfast and lunch. So, I mean, we're, we're taking care of our guys. I mean, it's going to be an incredible experience for any father wanting to bring their sons. And also, if you're a father, there's a discount. You just email us for a discount code for your sons because we want as many young men to be there as possible. It's really the reason why I do this. Um, but, yeah, nationalmensconference.com is where all the information is. You can get tickets, see the speakers, see the schedule of the day, Super. which we're releasing. Yep. So we're yeah, excited. that's great. Yeah. And we'll put that link on our site as well. So people can find it easily. I'm glad you mentioned about the, the fathers and sons. So no age limit. Is it mostly you'd say for adults? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, if, it's safe for everybody. In fact, Deacon, I'm so glad you asked that question because people ask me what's young. How young is too yeah. young? Say, Look, you know, when I was in third grade, I was already idolizing Michael Jordan. I was eight years old. Yeah, and I have yeah. full capacity of idolizing. So I want their third graders to come and see Jonathan Rumi and want to be like him or come see yep. Ted Karras of the Bengals yep. and want to be like him or come see Father Spitzer or any of the bishops and want to be like them, you know? So um, I think in my personal opinion, I, I think uh, first grade on up could, could really great, take away. Great. Like, and a good, good, uh, good uh, opportunity for a dads and sons to, to have an event together. Oh yeah. Um, and especially during Lent. I mean, um, not a bad, bad thing to do during Lent. Okay. Absolutely. Joe, Great. It's been great uh, meeting you. Thank you for telling it. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing and for bringing the conference back and for uh, telling us all about it today. Deacon Pedro, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having this show and influencing so many souls for Christ. God bless you. Thanks for having me on. Joe Condit is the producer, director, and chairman of the National Men's Conference. You can find out more and register for the conference at nationalmensconference.com. Here now is Francesca La Rosa with Psalm 91, Be With Me, Lord.
That was Francesca La Rosa with Psalm 91, Be With Me, Lord. We met Francesca La Rosa during the pandemic, and she was featured on this program in November 2020. But since then, I see her name popping up everywhere. Francesca is becoming an accomplished liturgical composer in her own right. And recently, she has been publishing psalms that can be used in the funeral liturgy. She's also producing new music videos. Needless to say, she has been busy, and so it's a good opportunity to catch up. And so to tell us more, I'm now joined by Francesca La Rosa. Francesca, welcome back to the Sultanite Hour. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for having me, Deacon Pedro. It is always a pleasure to be on this show, and I just hope you're doing so well. It's great to talk to you. <laughs> I am. I am, and it's it's always good to see you. You you always look so happy, and you have such a beautiful smile. And I want to know a little bit about those two years. So we met in November 2020, or around mm-hmm. then, maybe a little before then. 
and in the thick of it. So you were not performing, not churches were closed. Was that a, a fruitful creative time for you? Yes, it was, it was kind of a crazy time. Like truly like lockdown was hard. And I think it affected all of us in, in different ways, especially like emotionally, spiritually. Um, so I was very sad to have a lot of my, my shows were canceled. I think that happened for a lot of musicians just with lockdown, we couldn't have special events. So that was really heartbreaking. And I just asked the Lord, how do you still want to use my gifts? And he really pointed me towards the Psalms. And so I had been writing a lot of the Psalms when I was a music director at my at my home parish. And so I wanted to start sharing them and releasing them every week. And honestly, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Um, I was really just releasing them. So it was something that I had on paper. It was something that I'd been working on. And like, I got my first sale and it was my dad because <laughs> he's, he's so supportive. And that's really yeah. how I thought it would go. Like I really had no expectations. I just wanted to share my music in case someone could use it. So that's kind of what I started doing during 2021. I started releasing my Psalms every week and it's just been, it's been a beautiful journey to meet other people that want to use these Psalms. And I'm just, I'm so honored. Like I'm, I'm so honored that anyone would even want to sing a piece of music that I've ever written. Like I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around it, but um, I, I, I just go where God leads me. <laughs> Oh, I know what you mean. I, I had a, a friend of mine once said to me that that for a Catholic songwriter to hear their song at mass, it's like the equivalent of having you, you know, your music played on, you know, the top ten, you know, on the radio. And and I and, and I, I agree. I, I I think it would be amazing to go to some parish that you're visiting in I don't know, somewhere in LA and then they happen to be singing the psalm that they found and it's yours. Um, and everybody needs psalms. You know, I know, I know so many mm -hmm. liturgical musicians that are just writing their own psalms because they can't find psalms that are that are good. Mm -hmm. I hate to use that word. So you're not just writing them and putting them out, but you're actually providing people with sheet music and even liturgical resources so they can actually help them plan. Tell me about that mm -hmm. and, and that part of your ministry. Yes, it's been beautiful. Um, I love to like surround my myself around the readings, and I love the liturgy of the word. So it's been it's mm -hmm. been a beautiful journey, you know, to really sink into the word of God. And I I love the liturgy of the word. I especially love the Psalms. So it's 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 been like so so beautiful just to to sink into that and to ask the Lord to show me the melodies, and to really like pray pray with the readings and let them. I don't know, resonate within my heart. And these are the melodies that I've, that I've heard in my own heart, in my own prayer, and I hope they can bless other people. So it's, it's been just a really beautiful journey. Everyone's been so supportive and I, I just feel so lucky to be you, where we are. <laughs> do you, cause I know that, that you have even said that you want to help people memorize scripture Yes. Through music, mm -hmm. um, which is a great way to memorize scripture. That's anything I've ever memorized is because there was a melody. Um, mm -hmm. So you're not changing scripture. You're taking the words as they are on the page. Exactly. And setting them to music. Mm -hmm. um, tell me more about that. Why? Mm. Well, I, I'm very grateful for like the second pastor that I had at my first job, and he really wanted everything to be word for word. And I was kind of changing a little bit of the Psalms just to make them fit mm -hmm. in the meter, to fit them in the measure. Mm -hmm. I was almost glorifying the measure more than the words. And he told me, Francesca, I can't change the words of the gospel. 
We can't ask the lector to change the words of the first reading. It's so important. It's imperative. It's so important to make sure that this is word for word. So that way people can sit with the word of God mm -hmm. and it's so holy. It's so sacred. And so that really opened my eyes to, we have an opportunity as composers to not, to not really glorify the measure, but to glorify the word of God and to sink into that. And so it's it's been a beautiful journey to help people memorize the prayers that Jesus prayed because Jesus prayed the Psalms and mm -hmm. he he spoke these exact words in his own language. But yes. um, I, I just think it's, it's so beautiful to do it in yes. English and Spanish and to sink into the exact text so people yeah. can feel the word of God. Yeah, no, the good thing is that there are different transla translations. So if you don't like that translation, you can find <laughs> a different NRSV or NIV. Yeah, I mm -hmm. know. Um, how did you end up, I mean, I, is that how you ended up writing Psalms for funerals? Yes, yeah, so I started doing Psalms for weddings because I was singing at a lot of weddings and a lot yeah. of the brides would pick things out of this yellow book yes. called, I, I can't even remember the exact name of the, the book, but they always picked the Psalm from there and I didn't have it yeah. in my hymnal. So I wrote it for that. And then I had a lot of people reaching out, hey, I don't have funeral Psalms. Can you set the funeral Psalms to music? And that has been just a really beautiful, it's a new ministry that we're stepping into. And it's beautiful to set the funeral psalms to music word for word to help those who mourn. And so it's just, it, we're, we're not completely finished, but we're about halfway done through the funeral psalms and we hope to have them done by the end of April. And it's it's been a beautiful journey. Are you finding that you're playing at a lot of funerals? I have. Yeah. I honestly sing at a lot more funerals than weddings. Um, that's just kind of how it happened at my parish as well. We would have maybe six weddings a year, but we would have so many funerals. So yeah. it was just a beautiful way to to walk with people in their mourning and to comfort them and to let them know that they're not alone. So you don't find that because I'm a, de I mean, as a deacon, and I always joke that I, I, funerals are so hard for me and I would much rather do a wedding or a baptisms, you know, bapt I love baptisms, funerals, mm. just call the other deacon. Um, <laughs> you, you don't find that. I, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I would rather do a funeral than a wedding, honestly, just because with, with a wedding, the bride, like she has all these expectations. It, it feels like I want the wedding to be absolutely perfect. I want it to fit her vision. I want to hit every high note exactly how she has in mind. When it's a funeral, I have no pressure on myself. And my mission completely is to serve and to nurture and to help those who are mourning. And I, I just really like to sink in the funeral ministry. And I think it's, pe people really need a friend during that time. Yeah, they do. And music is so important at that time, I think. What a beautiful calling. Oh, thank if you. I can, if I can call it that. Yeah, beautiful and important. Um, thank you. I know you've been doing more music videos too, and some are lyric videos, but some are just good old music videos. Why? Why make music videos? Mm. So truly, like with the pandemic, it was amazing of how much people missed faces. Like that was like the biggest thing that I found. Like I know we, people were doing a lot of Zoom calls, but I started releasing lyric videos and they didn't do as well as the ones with me present. And I think people just missed faces. They missed having someone there. So um, truly, like I never wanted to be a YouTuber. I really don't like to be on camera. <laughs> I really don't put me in an organ loft. I'll be there all day. I love it. But to be on camera is not like my favorite thing in the world, but it's something that God has really called me to. So we have an opportunity through online ministry to do music videos. And 
to to share our songs in a different kind of way. So we're starting to step into that. My husband is a jack of all trades. Like he can okay. do anything. So he has been my music producer this entire time. I could okay. not do any of this without him. So he has been a music producer. And so something that he's felt called to is to start doing videography. So okay. he's like, I really want to do music videos, Francesca. So that's what we're stepping into. This is something that he really wants to do. And we're just asking the Lord to lead us in that. It's true. And it's it's hitting some people watch videos and they wouldn't listen to to music. And, and so it's right. another way to 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 find uh, to reach other people. Um, and you might not like to be on camera, but I know that you're being featured on the next music and mission OCP's uh, <laughs> show with Sarah Hart. So uh, I'm so honored. I just love Sarah. She's just a beautiful soul. It's a little pitch person. so people can watch this. I mean, you can watch it on the OCP website, but you can also mm -hmm. watch it on Salt and Light Television. Um, oh, thank you. So, um, Francesca, thank you. I look forward to more music from you. Um, when you finish the Psalms, let us know. And uh, and then, yeah, also some of the music videos that I'm I'm really enjoying. So thank you for that. And thank your husband for that. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, thank you. Thank you for being with us today, Francesca. Oh, thank you. Such an honor and blessings to you and your ministry. I love everything you're doing. Thank you. You too. You can learn more about Francesca La Rosa, purchase her music, the sheet music, find all the other resources at her website, francescalarosa.com. And to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now to take us out is Francesca La Rosa with Holy Spirit Prayer. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit. listening to Francesca La Rosa with Holy Spirit Prayer, written by St. Augustine. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen to every single Salt and Light Hour program that has ever been made at our website, esomedia.org slash podcast. And you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on all your social media, or you can email me, pedro at esomedia.org. Thank you for being with us today. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. Let's also pray for men, for those attending the National Men's Conference and those who struggle with prayer. Let's pray for those grieving the loss of a loved one and for those having to plan a funeral. Let's also pray for the church in Germany and let's continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and in so many places where there is conflict. And may you continue having a blessed Lenten season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. To defend all that is holy.